Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is the show where geeks and God collide. My name's Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. And Mike, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm actually sitting in my big red chair next to my Christmas tree right now. That sounds I can, spectacular, actually. I can, I can smell the like the waft of decomposing pine tree. <laughs> and there's a couple presents tucked up under the tree. And uh, we're here podcasting, so, you know, life is good. We are here podcasting. It's kind of weird. Like, I, I started doing the, the math in my head, and I go, wait, so we're recording this on Friday. So not this Monday, but next Monday is when this airs. And then, wait... Oh, wait! That's Christmas Eve! This is the Christmas <laughs> Eve special? This is our Christmas Eve special. Alright, well, we gotta talk about Christmas then. We, well, naturally, that's just a given. Though, it, you are right, when we are recording, it is a, a week plus uh, beforehand, and, and today, uh, you know, something kind of terrible happened. Today, pretty much, yeah, it... I, I don't know how to even put words to what happened today. Uh, I, I, the very first thing that I do, like for my day job, I end up, you know, testing websites and things like that. So I usually just click on one of my browsers and there's MSN. And the very first thing that I see when I got into work this morning was a headline about another shooting. And as I kept going back, you know, throughout the day, what was bad news from the start just kept getting worse as I started hearing things like like the the death count rising and the fact that most of these most of the the victims were children under the age of ten and my heart just broke as as did everyone's yeah it's um you know this is a podcast our job is to talk into these microphones but really. I, I don't know what to say. No, I I it's fun it's funny to me just as I sit here talking about it because I've today being the day of like I it it doesn't strike me as too terrible what we're doing here because it doesn't come out until, for a while now. But today I just watched as my news feed kind of filled up with a bunch of people just spouting this kind of rhetoric or that kind of rhetoric or Second Amendment or if we put God back in the schools. And I'm just like, stop. Just shut up. And I know there are some people who get really offended when you say shut up. And I'm just like, I don't care. Because you need to shut up. Because the more you talk right now, the less you're helping. And... You know, today has has been a day of mourning. Like, our 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 hearts go out to the families of all these people. Like uh, my sister in law, we were, I was just uh, hanging out with my family today, celebrating my brother's birthday, which is tomorrow. And uh, my sister in law pointed out the fact that there's a lot of families who, you know, in a couple weeks, like we're talking about Christmas being in a couple weeks. There's a couple weeks. There are families who have bought presents for their kids, and their kids won't be here anymore and so while that's stuff like this is not the focus of our podcast it's not like you know it's not our I, I don't even know what to say it's it's not our focus there have been plenty of people across multiple medium today 
that have talked about this that will continue to talk about this probably will still be talking about this when this podcast airs. But we wanted to just we want to mention it, we wanted to send our thoughts and prayers to the families. But right now Luke and I kind of talked before we got started. We wanted to address that. We wanted to to have that moment to to give our condolences, but we want to to kind of just press on with what we're here for. Not to ignore what happened, but to to kind of just do what we do to kind of bring a little bit of joy into this because yeah. that's what we do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it is uh, it's a terrible thing, and uh, I, you know I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and so I, I literally, I don't know what to say because I think, how would I feel? And I would just, I would be destroyed. Uh, but as folks are listening to this, they are probably celebrating Christmas with their loved ones. They are maybe you're traveling, maybe you're you're in the car driving across the state or the country to go visit grandma's house or to go visit the 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 cousins or wherever you might be going or maybe you you just you've had the the big christmas dinner and you're you're worn out and you just you're kicking back on the couch with some headphones on listening to game store profits or at least that's the way I'd like to think the world is and, a, uh, I think it's a good image it's a solid way to think and uh, you know we want to uh, we want to be encouraging and we want to be encouraging and fun and, and highlight those geeky things that we love, but also talk a little bit about, you know, this is the day. This is the day that, that God came to live with us and to walk alongside of us and carry those burdens. And so, as much as this is a tragedy, we're going to try to just have a regular show today and uh, talk about the things that we enjoy. Mike uh, had a big one today. It uh, this morning, ten o'clock. My wife and I first uh, showing of The Hobbit. I am officially jealous because while I also will be going with with my wife to go see The Hobbit, we will not be going until tomorrow. We tomorrow. go tomorrow. Tomorrow at four o'clock, we will be seeing The Hobbit. Okay, and so, so you've got like uh, you know twelve hours, uh, eighteen hours re- remaining. Right. So clearly, I want you to talk about this movie. But I beg you, not only for myself, but for all the people who, even at this point, because the holidays are a busy time and not everybody has it the is, time it is. to go out to the theater. So in the, the likely event that there's somebody out there listening to us that hasn't been able to, to claw their way into a theater to see this amazing epic, as I'm sure it is, uh, kind of give us like a brief, like uh, what this... you thought about the the spoiler free version. The spoiler. What, what did I think about it? How about I just say it like this? This is incredible. Nice. <laughs> That's it a fine was, summation right there. <laughs> it was three hours of joy and fandom, and it was. Uh, you know, I, I've I've been very open about the fact that the as soon as I heard about this. I was worried. Oh yeah, oh, I, did I, not, I did not want this movie to be made. I don't really enjoy The Hobbit. Um, yeah, but see, man. I, I, yeah, I don't agree with you on that, but I want. We'll, we'll get back to that part. Uh, this was such okay. So first thing that people need to know, 
if you read the book when you were a kid, or maybe you read the book recently, like uh, like Kevin and I did on our final episodes of uh, Guys Can Read, uh, or maybe maybe for you, your image of the Hobbit is the old cartoon version. I think for a lot of people, that's probably oh, the Rankin case. Oh, Bass. <laughs> and uh, one thing you really need to know is that this is not the Hobbit of the book. Well, it's the mm-hmm. Hobbit of, of the Hobbit... And unfinished tales, and... Well, so here's the thing, right? This is not the Hobbit of the book. This is the Hobbit of Middle-earth. Right. This is the role that this particular little adventure story plays in the big story of the history of Middle-earth. And that is so cool! Uh, <laughs> you mean, we, we get such awesome, like, stuff that... I and and I'm a super geek fan, right? Like, I've read the Silmarillion. I've read, uh, you know, the Unfinished Tales. I've read the histories and those kind of things. Are Are you like you know, me, who got super excited when I found out that Radagast the Brown is going to be in this? Dude, and he plays a big part. So stuff like that, where I mean, you know, for people who maybe haven't uh, aren't quite as up on uh, the nerdity, um, Radagast is not in the book. Uh, um, Galadriel, not in the book. Uh, that might have been spoilery. Sorry. Uh, but no, no. Sure... There's the, you see, it in a way it's spoilery, but in a way it's not because if you've been geeking out like like somebody like like, right. like I have, um, they released a scene in which uh, I think she was in the, the she was in one of the trailers. She was. It, she was in one of the trailers, and she was also... They released this... They've been slowly but surely, like, trickling out, like, little scenes. And one of them is Gandalf, uh, Saruman, right. Elrond, Elrond, and Galadriel. And, Galadriel. And, and that council is sort of kind of alluded to in the book, but it's not a part. But they flesh it out. Well, that... Uh, it, it, I, I'm really just gonna, you know, I don't want to keep jumping in and getting in this because I haven't no, seen no, no. it yet. But at the same point, I wanted to to see what your opinion on this is because that seems to be, from what I've read and the articles that I've read, it seems to me that that is kind of what Peter Jackson was going for, like stuff that gets hinted at. Right. Absolutely. He now, he just makes he he makes scenes. He makes it. He that makes Tolkien it. just says this happened. Right, uh, and some of the stuff he is drawing from some of you know the lore. Okay, this, there is stuff that was there, but but it, 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 this feels like okay. So imagine we found Lord of the Rings uh, in some cave somewhere, and it was written two thousand years ago, and all of us geeky scholars are trying to put this thing together and finally somebody comes out with the magnum opus of um uh, uh, sequence uh uh the the reconstruction of the history of middle earth that is peter jackson the dead that sea is, scrolls of the of the lord of the right. rings well that's what he's doing here he's bringing together we, this vast knowledge of Middle Earth's history and tying it together into a movie, and yet it's still The Hobbit. And what I mean by that is The Hobbit is a much lighter, much more, while there is a good deal of depth, and they are going there in this uh, series, 
but it's also a little bit more fun. There are silly things that happen. There's there's a lot of song. There's a lot of uh, of uh, game and play that happens in The Hobbit, and it, it it doesn't feel quite as heavy as Lord of the Rings, right? Lord of the Rings is about the end of the world. This is just about an adventure, and so it's still an adventure and it's still fun, uh, you know. And I'd seen a lot of things coming up into the the uh, getting toward this film. Let me ask you this: Have you seen The Great Goblin yet? The Great Goblin as in the Goblin King? Yeah. I haven't seen anything of the Goblin King. Awesome. Awesome. He is completely not what I was expecting. He is totally not uh, the way that, uh, you know, a traditional kind of D&D fan would have done it. It's a very kind of oddball thing, but it's so fun. And it reminds you that this isn't the crazy end of the world movie. This is the Hobbit, right? And and yet at the same time, uh, I think they're taking this. You know, when we're going to see how now is this a trilogy or a duology? I forget. I, it seemed like it he, went back he, and forth. They, the reports kept going back and forth. The back last and, report right. I saw, it was three movies. But I, I, I who think knows the, whether that's accurate I or th- not. I, I actually think that by the time they get to the end of this, I'm going to enjoy the story of the Hobbit a whole lot more than I did in the past. Because they're tying it so nicely together with Lord of the Rings. They really feel uh, connected to me. And even my wife was like, this really felt like a great prequel. Like, I could see all the connections and where things were going. And uh, so for me, man, I just, I can't wait to go see it again. I cannot wait to buy the four-hour extended version. Oh, because you know they're gonna. Uh, Oh, absolutely they're gonna. And you know that that is going to be amazing. See, I'm I'm really curious as to, I like like part there is part of me that wants to ask you the question of where did this one end? Because that that was a it's been a question wow. that's been bugging me because I'm like, I don't know. Depend is there is it going to be two movies? Is it going to be three movies? Where would this end? Where's the right uh, time for? I'm looking. It, it ends about a third of the way through. I'm I'm trying to analyze the scenes that okay they're filming this but does that mean they're just filming it at the same time as they're filming this and is this the first movie is this the second right. movie? Um, there they could get it all done in one more movie. I don't think that they will. I think that they want to build out some of that, um, some of the tension that's happening in the world. Right. That you don't. You kind of, sort of get a little bit of in the book, but there's a lot more going on uh, in the kind of the conflict between uh, north and south. A little bit of the conflict between elf and dwarf, and just sort of laying that framework and building the 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 world uh, for Lord of the Rings to come in and say, okay, now where now we know where all this came from. Um, and man, you're gonna you're gonna love the first few scenes. You're gonna love them, um, and uh, just it, I, mean, I loved it. I really did. <laughs> so now, what did this? Because you said that you're not a huge fan of the book. I'm not. So I'm really curious as to what this did specifically. Like one one or two things that this okay. movie did specifically that kicked it up that notch that you thought was missing in the book. 
Okay, it's going to be hard to do without getting at least a little bit spoilery. Well, if if it's a little spoilery, I mean, I'm going to tell okay. people right now you should you should read the book. It's right. already I mean, a we book. We all know what happens, right? And and the story isn't changed. It does follow the book. But I, I'll give you one little thing, and then you can decide whether or not you like this or not. Okay. Okay. Folks, if you don't want to know anything about this, fast forward five minutes. So. Uh, this the first adventure, the first interaction, um, the, the the first encounter, if you will. Uh, the fellowship here has uh, the company actually has is with a group of trolls. Right? Oh yeah, uh, Bill, Ted, and right. I, forget, I always forget what the third one's name is. <laughs> and uh, if you remember the way that in the book that plays out. Uh, Gandalf shows up once all of the the Hobbit and all of the trolls are tied up in bags, and the trolls are arguing back and forth about how to best cook them. Uh, and Gandalf throws his voice, and he imitates the trolls. He basically keeps them talking until he the keeps sun them talking. comes up. Right until the sun comes out, and apparently, uh, a troll and the sun do not go well together. Um. That is not quite how the story plays out in the movie. It's a very similar thing, but some of the roles, uh, it's not a trick anymore. It's, it's more of a... It's more of a battle of wits. It's more of, you know, somebody being desperate trying to survive. Um, and I, I appreciate that more. Those little, like sort of silly bits that got thrown into the book a lot of those have been removed and but some of them have stayed and the ones that have stayed I really enjoyed for example dwarves cleaning up at Bilbo's house oh yeah that's there and it's really fun um but some of the goofier stuff I I'm, I'm sorry I, I'm as you say that I am I have the song that the dwarves sing running mm-hmm. through my head. I'm sitting here, and, and part of it... Now, granted, the tune, you can't do the tune in the book, but, you know, I'm, I'm singing it to the way the tune was in the old uh, Rankin-Bass cartoon. I'm sitting there, chip the glasses, crack the plates. That's exactly. what Bill Baggins hates. <laughs> and it's pretty much that. And there is so much fan service in this. It's great. Um, you know, kind of uh, sort of along the lines of Avengers or the new Star Trek movies. Um, the stuff that, you know, real fans get, like, for example, there is one line that is the title of the chapter, where the things are happening, that was really cool, um, you know, uh, when Gandalf is talking about the different wizards, yes, uh, there's five wizards in Middle-earth, but only serious Middle-earth geeks would know that. Oh, yeah, because literally the only ones you've ever heard of if all you do is read the original series is Our, Gandalf and Saruman. And Saruman. That's it. it and and, and even nerd, those guys, you know, only the geeks realize that it's Gandalf the Grey who turns into Gandalf the White, and right, Saruman because, the White who turns into Saruman of many colors. Right. Now, you know, if you're a geek, you know that there's another one called Radagast. Radagast! He's quite possibly my favorite. And you're gonna love the way they portray him, but... 
If he's anywhere he near the way he normally is in the other stories that, that Tolkien wrote, I'm so looking forward to seeing Radagast. But uh, you'll also realize that that's one, two, three. Who are the other two? Oh, I, I, I need to get my book out. It's been so it won't long matter. since I've read some of the other stuff. It won't matter. And you'll see in the movie exactly how they deal with that, and it's great. And nobody will get it unless you know. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a line that just can go past people who've never, who don't care, you know? But people who do care will be like, thank you, Peter Jackson, I certainly appreciate that. See, that, that's <laughs> when it's genius, when it's not like the obvious, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right. here's this thing you should know about. But just when it's there, like I mentioned when we talked about the Avengers, the whole idea of Hawkeye and Black Widow sharing that moment of, hi, we're assassins and stuff got crazy and you used to be a bad guy, but now you're a good guy. In that, All of that, all of that, that series of comic books was all taken care of in one line of dialogue. Like, that stuff I like. Right. And, and so, you know, I think that you'll... I, I'll be really excited to talk with you uh, the next episode we do, once you've seen the movie, and we will definitely be be uh, returning to this topic. Uh, well, we're going to have, th- you know, two more movies. Well, that too. That too. And I want it now. That's what I was... <laughs> I, I had spent three hours sitting in that chair, and I was like, just bring the next one right now. I won't even get up. Let's go. Oh, I, mean, I, I saw a uh, production diary, and it's Peter Jackson just standing next to this building that's obviously, like, part of the set. And he's sitting there, and, and I almost wanted to just reach through the internet and smack him. Because he's sitting there like, I'm in Lake Town right now, but I can't show you any of it. And I'm like, oh, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, the um, the visuals make Middle-earth from Lord of the Rings look rather tame. Well, they've got, you know... That that was the other thing I noticed, was that they were uh, talking about it and everything like that, and uh, at one point it was Peter Jackson, and I can never remember the guy's name. The guy who did who is Gollum. The guy who is Gollum. Pretty much... I, I Andy something or other. Yeah, Circus. He's apparently, like, a big a big deal now. He's, like like, in charge of one of the film crews. Like... He's gone from, all right, you're the guy we put in the suit and, and you're Gollum. And now he's like major player in this. And at one point he noted, he's like, uh, you gave us all jackets that said day 130 something. And that was when we were halfway through three different movies. And apparently this was an older production thing. Cause he goes right now I have a jacket that says 120 something days and it's only going to be two movies. This was back when it was only going to be two movies. And he goes, why is that? And Peter Jackson just looks at him and goes, well, we're all 10 years older now. We move a little slower. And I'm just sitting there realizing, there have been a lot of years since the last set of movies. Oh, I, I, like, I, I remember talking to my father-in-law about the first movie and trying to explain to him why this was so important to me and realizing that, like, I felt like I had just married my wife at that point. And we've been married for, like, 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, I was still I was still at that stage in my relationship with my father-in-law where we were trying to kind of connect with each other, you know? Trying to figure and, each other out. Right. And, and now we're like, we're at the stage in our relationship where we're so far beyond all that. It's just like we've been family forever, you know? Um, 
and I, I just, it, it's so right, and it's so right, and you know what's awesome about that is so often it's not. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to just talk about Star Wars, but so often it's not. This is really, really right. This is one of those things where the right people, great, great uh, acting. Um, Martin Freeman is awesome. Uh, but also each of the dwarves uh, is great. One of the things I was worried about was that the dwarves would all just kind of be dwarves. Right. You know? But they do really... The ones that they bring out, uh, Bomber, I Balin... I can't wait. Uh, you have no idea. Ever since I saw, ages ago, I saw the first clip of film of the dwarves, and I saw what Bomber looked like. I'm like, I, I'm so looking forward to this. He is bar none my favorite dwarf. And uh, Philly and Killy, uh, Bomber and Balin are really the ones that kind of play the bigger role. And uh, they do a great job. Um, it's it's great. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's a good Christmas gift, man. It's a good Christmas gift. I One thing that I noticed, and tell me, because you've seen the whole movie, tell me if it, it continues. Because all I've seen are like a couple brief things. I've seen... The, the trailers that have come out, and I've seen a couple different stills of the dwarves and all their makeup and costuming. It looks to me like they do a really good job because, again, only nerds are going to acknowledge this, which I am a huge one. Um, for those of you who only know The Lord of the Rings through the movies, you will know that when you get to the Fellowship and the dwarves come out, a certain character that everyone has come to know and love is announced as Gimli, son of Glowin. Glowin is one of the dwarves that travels with Bilbo. And from what I've seen of the stills, the guy playing Glowin does look like John Rice davies as you Gimli. Know, I, I didn't think about that. I'm going to have to kind of take a better look when I like I saw uh, I, I saw the two of them in their makeup and everything and, and their full beards and everything like that and I looked I'm like oh my goodness they look like each other I've just blown your mind now haven't I <laughs> yes uh, and I'm, I'm trying to find a still right now if I could uh, I'm there, gonna, there I'm are gonna... lots of there are lots of things of the dwarves I'm sure after we're done recording, you and I will sit longingly and just stare at all the cool Hobbit stuff that's out there already. Oh, that's a, that sounds like a good plan, but we will definitely <laughs> come back uh, to this movie next episode. And speaking of coming back, I know we've done it a couple of times now, but can we come back to uh, XCOM? And we're not just coming back. See, there's We have been, a reason. There's been a progression. There ha- we, yes. were looking, we were looking forward to it. Then you got it. Right. Then I got it. And now we're coming back one more time, not just to rally around it like we did with Skyrim, but because of the fact that they recently came out with DLC for this. And I actually, I know you got the DLC. I got the DLC. So I have some questions for you because I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. And I was unable to tell based on the little description on the uh, Xbox Live, you know, do you want to download this for 560 space points? And, 
so is it an extension of the story or does it are they random missions that happen along the way or is it like does it make does it go on to the end of the story does it go into the middle of the story how does that work it goes into the middle of the story okay see so so basically to enjoy it i want to finish out the version i'm pl- the game i'm playing now start a new game with this in it yes oh yeah okay. you would definitely you would definitely want to wait until you're if you're either on your first game or like luke and i are on multiple games you're gonna want to wait until you're starting fresh to worry about this dlc because uh, what you'll find is is that, and again, we're dealing with a very spoiler-rich environment. I'm going to try very hard to not go spoilery on this. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, the the times when the council randomly comes in and it's you're, you're sitting there. I know for yeah. me, the first time always they, like right at the end of the month, kind of a thing. Right, almost that that we're going to bail you out here. We have this really hard mission, but if you do this, it's going to save you when we come back. Right, because um, you're, you're out of money and you have half the planet panicked right now. Right, exactly. Uh, the mission that you have to wonder... Oh, like There are some missions where you go, is it worth it? Lots of folks are in bad shape. I don't... But when the council calls, you always want to do it because they're always the overarching, this is going to be good for everybody if you do this mission. Right. It starts off with one of those. Okay. Where normally the... the and I'm not going to go into too much spoiler town here, but normally one of the first missions that you get from the council is there's this friend of the council. Yeah, right. It's an escort mission. It's an escort mission. You have to find this guy or this girl and escort them back to the safe zone without them dying. And it's a good time to realize that Classic is so much harder than oh. normal. <laughs> It, when I was playing the first round and I did it on the normal difficulty, they never shot at the escort guy. No. Never. I did it on classic. They always shoot the, <laughs> the escort guy. Yeah. But uh so the the difference is is that normally it's just random guy that has nothing to do with anything you're doing the rest of the game. Just random guy that the that you know the council right. likes whatever. Now you, there's this epic cutscene of this guy standing there, and he's your typical, like, a member of the triad kind of guy. Like, he's sitting there in a three-piece okay. suit with a briefcase, and and uh, and he literally, like, an, uh, what are they called? The little guys are called sectoids. He's, this little sectoid scrambles up behind you. He just turns, fires, and shoots the guy right in the head. And he's just, he's just like... There's no difference between shooting one of them and shooting a re- uh, shooting any other person. And I'm like, oh my goodness, who are you? <laughs> nice. But the cool thing is, is that normally, like I say, you escort a guy, he just disappears. He right. nothing. This guy, when you escort him, the second you're done with that, he joins your party. Oh, that's cool. He suits up and he joins XCOM. Is he a class, or does he have kind of his own special set of skills? I can only attest to it, because I've only played through... I'm still... Because I'm on... Uh, I'm on Classic, so I'm... You're still playing the, the, the slowly first one. through. Right. As of... I don't know if this is constant or what, but for me, he's a heavy. Okay. 
So he bring he brings the big guns. He brings the pain for me. All right. So now we've we've played this game enough that we can actually and, and we can uh, hopefully people are at home are playing it. We can get a little bit deeper into some of our choices. Right. right? Uh, I I don't think. I don't think our choices would spoiler much because no, no, no. This is more like strategy. This is more right. like this is not okay. story. This is this is what we. So, do. How, how do you like to build out your team? It depends, really, because after a while, you start acknowledging that certain missions are going to involve certain things. Right. So you definitely want to have a couple of different setups. Right. Ideally, you want to have. Uh, well, I'm a firm supporter of as soon as you can, you get, I don't care what, you beg, borrow, and steal, you get your six guys as soon as you can. Oh, you need to build the officer training school. And the only thing you need to build before that is you probably need to build some satellite uh, uplinks. That's exactly, literally, I, I will say that doing classic this go-round, based on what I learned from the tail end of my time going through the normal level i built right. like seven satellites almost immediately <laughs> right and you know and so you need to get that you also need um you know there there were things that i kind of like the 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 what is it the foundry yes um i kind of don't do too much of that right now uh that that seems like you know where you put your extra money and i don't ever have extra money I'm really uh, curious as to what the uh, the uh, I forget what the letters stand for the shiv the s h i v. Oh, dude, it's terrible. Is it? I I don't like it at all. It's it's it doesn't have nearly the um, the uh, uh, flexibility that one of your units would have. Really, it's just there so that. It's if a it machine blow, that yeah, dies. If it, if it blows up, you're not losing a guy. And you can repair it. And, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, for me, a heavy is definitely better than, uh, you know, the little mobile platform. Um, for me, my, my number one guy is almost always my sniper. Oh, I have a sniper right now. He's got the He's gotten all the way up. He's got that ability that says if you shoot a guy and the guy isn't in cover... It doesn't count. There was one time I seriously had my sniper take out four different aliens. Didn't blink. He's just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm done. I'm out of ammo. I <laughs> I can't kill another one. Um, so, yeah, my sniper is normally my, you know, because the, uh, the progress basically goes by who kills the most people. And for me, it's almost always my sniper who kills the most people. Um, I try to run with two field medics if I can. Uh, I try to run with two field medics if I can, um, and then I'll either do two heavies and or two assaults, depending on the nature of the mission. If it's going to be outdoors, if I don't, if it's not a big deal for me to blow the stuff up, uh, I'll run two heavies. If it's going to be, you know, moving through the inside of a ship, I'll, I'll tend to run to to assault. Uh, I I will always have at least one assault, especially if I've upgraded the the weapons of the assault people. Like the the I have the scatter laser, and my assault guys. I always get the run up and take two shots at a guy. Uh -huh. Yep. And so my assault guys can run right into danger and just blow up 
everything. Yeah. Um, and then for psionics, I always go mind control. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I love that. And I'll try to mind control whoever's deepest into the, uh, the enemy territory. Um, so I can use them to sort of run around real quick and uh, open up everybody. One so thing, one thing that I learned, and I'm gonna have to make sure that I do this um, now that I I know what I'm gonna expect. This won't involve any. If you haven't gotten this far yet, if you're playing this game and haven't gotten this far, I'm gonna tell you when you're getting towards the end of the game, you're gonna research this little device called the mind shield. Right. Mm-hmm. And at first, I'm like, that takes up my guy's inventory slot. There's no way I'm going to substitute, you know, less health or more aim. There's no way I'm sacrificing that to get a mind shield. No, I've learned. (laughs) Because I, I will just say this to avoid spoilers. On the last board, that mind shield is going to make your life significantly easier. You know, you can you can be like like I did and and make it through. I made it through without any, so it's up to you right. whether you I want. I did it. too. It, it it can be done. I'm just telling you, it's a valuable thing. Yeah. One little pro tip, like you know, you start off the game and everybody's a rookie, and you're just like, what I tended to do the first couple of times I played was just send the first five guys, right? Yeah, you're gonna want to be more selective. Will matters. Yeah, it does. <laughs> As you get towards the end of the game, if you have a low will, you are in trouble. There is nothing more annoying than having a colonel panic. And that that's not good news. That's not good news. Uh, and so you want to have a very high will score. So if you, can, uh, if you can pick people with the highest will scores and try to level them, uh, you'll be doing a little bit better off. All right, so I think I think we should, you know, that being said, I think we should kind of transition away from XCOM just because we could do a whole episode of XCOM. Yeah, we could. You know, we're we're just geeking out on that. That's that's just our thing. You know, not everybody is into the whole let's let's go after and, and hunt aliens. Wait a minute. But, I know it's hard to believe, but yes, it's true. Well, I suppose there are those who want to hunt zombies. <laughs> that's definitely true. Uh, but you know, we want to talk about about Christmas. Because 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 it's tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, as, sort of. As far as this podcast is concerned, it's tomorrow. So, um, you know, Luke, tell me, tell me something that. How about this? Let's let's do it this way. Uh, tell me one gift that you've gotten in the past that really like it still sticks with you. Like this is just the greatest gift I've ever received. And then even though it's kind of too late for anybody listening to buy this thing, if you want, tell me one thing you're kind of hoping to get. Okay. Um, wow. That's a tough one. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> a, a gift that I look back on and I think, wow, that was just amazing. Whoa, that's a toughie. Uh, you know, I think back to some of the big gifts when I was a kid, you know, I, I mean, I definitely remember the, uh, the Nintendo, the NES year. Uh, that was pretty huge. I remember the uh, the bicycle year. That was pretty huge. Oh, okay. I know which one it is now. Um, I'm probably like nine years old, and uh, it's it's uh, Christmas morning. It's in California, and it is it is cold but dry, and I get. Uh, we go through Christmas morning, and my dad always, every year, 
uh, and even and though he did it every year, I never expected it. He always did the the gift that he got for me and kind of hid somewhere in the house uh, that my mom probably didn't even know about. Your and, version of the Red Rider baby gun. Right, exactly. And this year it was an RC car. Oh, man. And I hadn't asked for an RC car. I mean, it wasn't even on my radar. Uh, it just happened that my dad had a friend who was really into RC cars. And he was over at his house one day, and he was looking at it, and he was like, wow, my son would really love this. And so I remember in my pajamas, out in the front yard, driving that thing up and down the street, you know, just charging battery after battery after battery all that morning. And, you know, because that was so out of the blue, you know, because so often, and, and I, I think I mentioned this on an episode before, our family is very into gift giving. And so we're always kind of eyeing each other for, like, what kind of gift can I get for my sister? What kind of gift could I get for my mom? And we're always kind of aware of of those possibilities. And this just blew me out of the water. It wasn't something I was expecting. And because that's so rare in my life, uh, that was that was one of the big things. Um, things that I'm wanting this year, uh, you know, I've got a couple games on my list. Um, I mentioned a, a couple episodes back, or maybe it was last episode, uh, I would like to start collecting ancient weapons, mm-hmm. um, and so the first one of those from my collection would be really, really cool. And then, I kind of, the, but the one thing that I really want this year, and I've talked about this on a lot of episodes recently, is uh, some books for uh, Lagos. Um, books are expensive, and especially academic books. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, there's a couple sets that I would really, really enjoy, uh, but they're just out of my price range. I'm not going to buy them, um, especially considering I just paid for the upgrade, and that was pretty expensive. And so, yeah, definitely a couple of, a couple of books for that, and, uh, um, you know, hopefully I'll get some Assassin's Creed or maybe some Dishonored. I hear Far Cry 3 is really, really incredible, and so uh, that's on my list as well. How about you? What uh, what what was your the gift that you remember most? I would probably say that that for me it's more of an experience, but there's one gift that kind of symbolizes this experience. Um, which is funny because I'll you know I'll wait and I'll tell the whole story. Um, there was one year when I was kind of working my way through through college and beginning seminary and everything like that. I was home for Christmas. And, uh, I randomly looked at my parents and I said, you know what? I'm really, this is just an offhand remark. It wasn't like I was planting this idea or anything. I just said, you know what? I really think that I should, you know, pick up the guitar because I'm going into like youth ministry and, and that's some, it's a really useful skill because you want to do stuff with like worship with the kids, but you can't always like recruit yourself a youth group band depending on the size of your youth group. I said, I think I should really pick up guitar. It was just completely offhand a remark. Didn't mean anything by it. Just, I, I feel like I should. That Christmas, like within weeks, that Christmas, my folks had gotten me a guitar. And this whole big setup for learning how to play it. And the sad thing is, is that I quickly discovered that I did not have the driver passion required. <laughs> For a man with short, stubby fingers to learn how to play guitar. So it wasn't necessarily that specific one that I'm going to cite. But that's just... 
you know, it's that vibe that I got. You know, I was, I'm so very thankful for what my parents had done for me with like Christmas stuff with the fact that if I said, you know, I really love fantasy books, I just got bombarded with books. If I said, you know, I'm really into to drawing and art, I'd get like huge sketch pads. If I, you know, whatever I was really excited about that, my parents went out of their way to get me stuff that directly impacted what I was into at that time. And, you know, when you're a kid, you just kind of, that just kind of happens. You just go, oh, yay, they're being nice, whatever. You know, as I'm getting older and I, you know, have my own family like that and Susan and I are planning on someday having kids, I'm just like, that that wasn't just my parents being nice. That was my parents saying, this is awesome that you're really passionate about this. We want to encourage you. And that that vibe just, it sticks with me and it's still... It's still why I have so many very positive experiences with the idea of Christmas. Just the way, you know, your average person celebrates it. Because that was, you know, so much of that is is tied up in that. That whole idea of of you know someone and you, you, right. you understand where they come from. You don't give a gift just for the sake of giving it. You really search your relationship with this person. Find you out where see they them. are. Right. Yeah. And and you you step into their life and say this is what they're doing now this is who they are and it might change a couple of years from now but right now this is where they are and and we need to do something about this it's why I have you know like like one year I made the announcement that Marvin the Martian is my favorite Looney Tunes character sitting not that far from me right now are two uh, Warner Brothers store display statues of Marvin the Martian and Canine his dog that my parents got for me one year for Christmas. And you know, that this is the kind of stuff like when I say I need a laptop to do, to go back and forth from from my office to, you know, my desk, they got me a lot like everything has been building up to this is where our son is at. We need to encourage that. And yeah, so that's definitely as far as Christmas nice. past goes, that I'll point to that guitar and it's a shame because I think it's still up in my parents' attic because I had absolutely no use for it after like a month. But <laughs> but that that just that whole mindset really just reminds me about how awesome my parents were and you know that that Christmas vibe. As far as stuff I'm looking forward to, like I I gave lots of people a list. Um I'm that guy. Oh, as I've said before, lists are required in my family. You have to have a list on Thanksgiving Day. Right. And so I gave people a list of these these games that I'm really looking forward to. And a board game, video game? Uh I threw card in a game? I threw in a couple video games. Most of them are either board games or role-playing game systems. Okay. Um and really I think I mean, obviously, I put them on the list, so any of them are going to be fine. Because if I didn't want them, I wouldn't have put them on a list. But uh, if there was any one thing that I put on that list that I would really be excited about getting, it would be probably probably one of the role-playing systems. Probably either uh, Dresden Files or what was another one of the RP? Uh, Iron Kingdoms was another one. 
and they're both just because it it kind of fills a niche in my my role playing arsenal. Like I kind of hope it's Dresden Files because I really like the Dresden Files books, and it's really it would be kind of interesting to play in a world that. While it's obviously not the actual world, because there's all sorts of, you know, every once in a while, Dresden goes into the Never Never and comes out fighting, you know, monsters and stuff like that. So it's not actual reality. But at the same point, you can set this thing in, like, Chicago. Like, part of the game is getting everybody together and making the city in which you live. <laughs> so it's like a, it's based on a real city and a real place and, like, actual stuff. That's kind of cool, being able to to roleplay your actual town. Oh, the very first session, like, I always try to get my folks together to play, no matter what game I'm playing, just so that we don't just make characters that have nothing to do with each other. Right, right, right. But Dresden apparently, and I've, I haven't played it, but Dresden apparently requires you to have the first session be getting your people together because part of rolling your character is coming up with how your characters are related and the town right. and the the town slash city you live in. And so I can just see myself coming up with a large quantity of awesomeness if that's what I'm playing with. But if if I'm going with something that's not on my list, I want to find somebody who's willing to run these games that isn't me. Because while I, while I love while I love running these games, I've discovered that it's a lot of work, and uh, sometimes I just want to be a character. I don't. Yeah, sometimes want, you just want to play. Sometimes I just want to play, and I don't want to have to be responsible for the whole world. Well, I think you know. To be honest, I think those are the best uh, game masters. Like the guy who only wants to be the game master. They no, they they tend to be control fun. freak. Right. You know. Right. All right, so let me let me throw a a similar question at you, and uh, if you can't answer this question because of people that happen to be in your household right now, I understand she's sleeping, but, so it's okay. <laughs> but what gift are you most looking forward to giving this year? Oh, see, I would probably. Of course, people might also be listening to this show. So we have to. Oh, I, I that, don't say what it is. Then I mean, I mean well, I don't know. I no, mean, I, I will. You, know, you make your choices. I will know for a fact that um, she won't be listening to this at least because she doesn't. You know, I, as much as I love well, my wife, the show doesn't come out until Christmas Eve. So right, and I know for a fact that she will not take time on Christmas Eve to listen to this. Um, she'll probably be yelling at me for putting it out on Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> Dude, just schedule it, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. Um, but I, I'm really excited for what I got my wife because there was – it. my wife got a two-parter. One that she, one half that she already got, and I'll explain why in a minute, and another part that I'm waiting to, to give her. The part that she already got is an ornament that I had because, you know, it's a, it's a Christmas ornament, so I didn't want to give it to her after for, Christmas. Sure, for of course. Because this is our... You give it to him like Thanksgiving night kind of a deal. Right. So I didn't want to, you know, give it to her afterwards. This is our first Christmas, and this is our first Christmas tree. So I got an ornament that is a bride and a groom, and it says, you know, Mike and Susan Perna, and has our wedding date, and everything like right. that. And, you know, that you know, that was cool, because we were putting up our Christmas ornaments, and then we got to put up our first ornament. Like, everything else was, like, 
each one of our individual ornaments. Like I was so, right. like, oh yeah, I got this one from so and so, and she's like, oh yeah, my aunt gave me this one, and but then that that was like our ornament, and it's the first one that's ours. So I was really psyched to give her that. But the thing that that I'm really looking forward to is I actually found it on Kickstarter. And I was very happy that it came in on time. <laughs> um, my my wife is a, a a great lover of all things words. As it stands, I have a word-a-day calendar. And every once in a while, I will bring her home a page of the word-a-day calendar that has a really cool word on it. And she has them littering our refrigerator. Because she's just so, and I, I'll find her every once in a while, looking at the at the refrigerator and just saying the words over and over again, just like, "Ooh, that's just good." <laughs> so I found this woman on Kickstarter who was doing prints on pages of a dictionary from the 1800s. So it is art, like hand done art prints on vintage 1800s dictionary paper. You're not going to believe this. My gift I'm most look f- looking forward to give Yeah, is the same thing. Are you serious? I am serious. <laughs> it's not on Kickstarter. Uh, and it's not a woman, it's a guy. Okay. But go ahead and keep going and then, then I'll get to it. But yeah, I got I got three of these prints. One that is uh, the face of Jesus, one that just says love, you know, in that very iconic, like, L-O-V-E square. And I got another one that's a, a blue butterfly, because her favorite color is blue, and she has a thing for butterflies. So there's three of them, and I'm going to get them all framed, and that's going to be my present. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, you know, what what did you get? Okay, so, apparently... so, so uh, well, first let me let me throw out another one. It's kind of cheating because it's already been opened. Uh, and it was because we were down there uh, visiting my, my family for Thanksgiving. And I had a gift for my nephew, who is, uh, he's a junior hire. Okay. And he's kind of just starting to really geek out on stuff. And uh, I, I delivered the gifts and I told his mom, you know, hey, he can open this whenever you guys think it's right. And, uh, uh I gave him my entire set of Lego Mindstorms. Oh man, that, those are the ones with the motors, right? Right, and the the program them and build robots and stuff. Right. And uh, so yeah, he kind of freaked out about that. Uh, but my niece, uh, his sister, is uh, the gift that is it's on eighteen uh, hundreds German uh, dictionary page. And they have, um, what is the name of those dogs? Little tiny black and white dog. Um, that can't could think be of a name. number of different dog breeds. And I yeah, don't know which one you're talking you know, about. The little puggish looking thing. It's a Boston Terrier. Okay. Uh, they have a Boston Terrier that she just loves. And I've mentioned her on the show before. She's kind of a geek. And I found on this vintage paper uh, original art prints from this guy in Italy. And it is a picture of a Boston Terrier with Yoda sitting on his shoulder. Oh, that's outstanding. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so perfect for her. And so, yeah, that's the one I'm most looking for. I won't get to see her open it, unfortunately. I'll have to talk to her uh, later on in the day. But I think that's the one that I'm most looking forward to this year. Um, 
because like you know like you said right it's about being seen yeah not being seen giving a gift but uh this is a girl who i understand and i know her and i've known her since she was i was there i wasn't even her uncle yet right i was just the boyfriend of uh, her aunt and uh, but i was there the day she was born and i've i've gotten to watch her and know her and be able to to have these gifts that that are right for them at that moment and uh um you know that's that's fun that's a joy and it's is what god does with us you know i think about i look back on my own life and think about the way that god has brought things into my life he did it just like your parents man yeah like you know, this is the thing you need right now. You might not need it three years from now. But right now, this is But the right now, this is need. the path that you're on, and this is where you need to be, and this is what I need to have you doing. And, you know, I think about, I look back on my life, and I wonder sometimes, God, why did I go here, or why did I do this? And I'm not, you know, maybe I feel like, like you do about that guitar. Like, wow, why is that part of my life just stuck off in an attic somewhere? Well, you know what? God knew that for that time, I needed to be there and experience that thing. And even if it may stay in the attic for the rest of my life, I needed to do that thing so I could be on to the next thing and, and follow his path and go where he would have me go. And, you know, we're so... You think about Christmas and, and this year, I don't know, man, I don't know how it is by you. But right now, around here, everybody seems kind of down on Christmas. Um not not negative about it just kind of like oh it's christmas what a bother mm. you know <laughs> um but it is that reminder when you can have that special moment you can give that gift and when we can have that moment with god where we receive his gifts to say you're seen you're loved you're thought about and you that 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 unique conglomeration of weirdness that is you is perfect and right and you know we want to be part of that uh, that's what you know giving gifts on christmas is all about yeah i i agree completely i i definitely think that there are times that we just get caught up in the giving of the gift and not realize exactly why we do it like, I love looking into the history of Santa Claus, looking into not just the the real Santa Claus, but also just the way the, the myth, the legend, the, mm -hmm. the awe-inspiring awesomeness that is the whole Santa Claus thing, the mythos of Christmas. Um, I actually did, we did a, we do this thing called, called Kayo, it's basically a worship night. And my buddy Chris was running it. Chris, the guy who been been co-hosting, he was mm -hmm. running it the one night. And uh, he's like, Mike, just get up and I want you just to say something. Get like real quick, like five minutes. And part of it was, obviously I started talking about Christmas because it was beginning of this month. And uh, at the same point, I just said, you know what? There's the, the Santa Claus, the I'm a kid and I'm really looking forward to Christmas trees and ornaments and stockings and presents. That's part of this story. It's obviously not the major part. Obviously, we focus on Christ. We focus on on 
who he is, what he did, what, you know, that Christmas leads to Easter and there's all that stuff. And I brought in all of that. But at the same point, I said, you know, that part about family and, and gift giving and that understanding that this is something special, like this time of year is just goes above and beyond normal. Like that's part of this story too. And I told him about how some of my favorite memories are getting dressed up in my Santa Claus outfit because, let's face it, I'm a jolly fat man with a loud laugh. <laughs> I play Santa a lot. And uh, I, I was recounting the fact that I actually had one of one of my one of the guys who used to be in my uh, youth group way back in the day. He's now married and has a kid. Well, apparently, his kid was really acting up in school and needed somebody, you know, they, they've been saying, you know, if you're not good, Santa's not going to come. So he called me up. He's like, Perna, man, I need you to be Santa right now. And I'm like, what? He says, I need you to be Santa. I need you to tell my, my kid to, that he's got to behave and he's got to listen to his teachers. Otherwise, you're not going to give him a present. So he kept feeding me all this information, like the name of this kid's teacher, the, uh, the the reason he got in trouble and nice. uh, the thing that he wanted for Christmas. And so I got I go, I go well, I hear you've been a very bad boy in school and you're not listening to, I forget, like, Mrs. So-and-so. And I'm, this kid's like, what? Like that moment of, of I can't believe Santa actually caught me on this. And, you know... It, you know, I, like I said, I've been having <laughs> conversations awesome. with my wife about, you know, whether or not when we have kids, do we do the Santa thing? Do we not do the Santa thing? She's all about we should only tell them the truth about Christ. And I'm like, you know, the Santa myth, while not true, is is in that vein of Lewis Tolkien and, and McDonald, that that true that's truer than true. <laughs> and and we have this back and forth. And I, I cite moments like this. Right. I go. My times being Santa, it's obvious I'm a guy in a suit. It's obvious my big white beard is fake. I have a beard, but that's not, it's not the white fluffy one. You know, it's obvious, but at the same point, kids rallied around me every time I dressed up like Santa Claus and, and did the whole, ask me what, you know, you know, tell me what they wanted for Christmas and got wrapped up in it because that's, it's just the awesomeness of Christmas in the eyes of a kid. And, you know, it's that, that, that joy that is wrapped up in this. And I don't know. I think a lot of times we spend so much time focusing on what is true about Christmas, the reason why we celebrate it, the whole keep Christ in Christmas thing, that we forget that the idea that God came to dwell with us, that the Almighty and eternal God chose to come down to take on flesh to be a baby and to grow up like a lot of times we 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 love to tell the Christmas story and we love to to come back and see Christ as a 30 year old going into ministry but then you realize there's 30 years of existence in between that that isn't written about other than you know a couple brief moments of like hey we went to the temple like there's so much of, of that that is, is, is involved and it's all about these stories of, of him growing up and him being with us 
There's so much of that awesomeness that, that we just kind of look over. There's so much greatness that is, is wrapped up in, in Santa and the myth of Christmas that should never overshadow Christ ever. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that says, you know, play down the, the Christmas story to talk up Santa because that's what the kids are seeing. I'm never going to do that. But the best image in my mind, you know, as we're, you know, gearing up for Christmas and as, you know, as this podcast airs, it's the next day. I always loved, and, and if I ever find one of these, I, I think I'm going to try and get one, even though we already have two nativities. There's this one thing that I've seen. There are many nativity sets. That is the full nativity. It's uh, Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, shepherds, animals, wise men, and Santa. Right. And Santa is kneeling. kneeling. And I love that. That idea that that this story is about the man, you know, I I, I he's, he the the idea of, of Nicholas the, the the actual saint, he was like a bishop of somewhere, yeah. I forget where. Uh, Pergamum, I think. He was a pastor. Yes. Yeah. And just that idea of he gave gifts to people because of, of celebrating the ultimate gift that God yeah. gave to us. There is a, a real story. There's a very yeah. real story. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong to celebrate that story as a sideline, as a... As a, you know, let's talk about this cool thing here, as long as we're still pointing to Christ. It's still, as long as the ultimate celebration is still of the fact of, of the incarnation of Christ. And that's, I love this time of year because of that. Because I, this whole time between now through till Easter, and just understanding this whole concept of, Christ coming to be with us, to live with us, and all the while as he's going through this, you have to understand that, that you know, I always imagine like 16 or 17-year-old Jesus, you know, being much like teenagers now and just having that, that existential moment of, I'm here to die. Like, that's why I came here. And to... to to come to grips with the why he's here and the, the who he is. And I imagine him sitting there. Uh, we recently showed a clip to the youth group kids of the nativity story, which I want to see this. This whole movie is just great because it reminds us of the fact that things like Mary was only 13. And just because Joseph said, no, I'm still going to marry her. Doesn't mean the rest of the town suddenly loved her again. Right. Like it, it reminds us of, of the, the, the the heart the hardship and craziness that came along with the nativity story and yeah i just i i love the the beauty of the story i love the i i love everything about this and i love the fact that you know there's one part where joseph in this movie goes what am i going to teach this kid because Joseph was fully aware of the fact that this kid is God. He's the Messiah. So even though he's to act like a dad to him, he's God. 
how do you be a father to God? And like, like all that, that very, the very realness of Christ's existence. Like it, when he came here, it no longer became a hypothetical of this may be what God's like. This is what God has revealed himself. Christ was here. And he, he dwelt with the people. And, you know, that, that idea of incarnation and him being with us is just such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful image. And I there's so much that gets caught up in that. In my head, that brings in everything. It brings in Santa Claus. It brings in family. It brings in church services. You know, I... Uh, it, it brings me into remembering even before I knew who Christ was going to midnight mass and being so thrilled to be in church. Most times I avoided church like the plague, but on Christmas, on Christmas, there was something about that midnight mass that, that drew me to it because even before I knew who Christ was, I knew that him showing up was a big deal. And I don't know that that's that's all about what Christmas is to me. Like, there's all sorts of great memories of, of you know, doing things like like the old Christmas parade where my dad used to play Santa and I messed with kids' heads because I told them that my dad was Santa, and Santa waved to us. You know, I, I said hi, Dad, and my dad waved back, and they're like, "Oh man, Santa's your dad!" You know, like like all that stuff was part of the story. It's not the whole story, but it's part of that story. And so, yeah, I, I love this time of year, man. It's, it's such a great time. You know, man, I think, uh, hopefully, I'm hoping, I want to think that there's at least somebody who's listening to this show on Christmas Eve, somebody who's listening to it on Christmas Day, but chances are most of you have, have already gone through Christmas, uh, and hopefully you've gotten to experience some of the things we talked about today. Uh, you know, but even though it's a little bit late, uh, for you, man, Merry Christmas. We're still a week away, so that that fits. But uh, it does, you fit. know, <laughs> for all our listeners as well. You know, I hope that you had a Merry Christmas, and I hope that uh, you continue to have a Merry Christmas, even if it's a week or two later. And you know, to remember that you are known, and you are known, hopefully, by a whole group of people who love you. But you are certainly known by God. You are seen, and and you are His precious. His, yeah. You know, I saw the Hobbit today, so you are His precious. Yeah, I'm about to say, really, really, that's how. Yeah, we're <laughs> uh, you know, hey. Um, so, Mike, how can uh, how can folks find out a little bit more about you? Uh, the biggest thing for my web presence, as it stands right now, is is all wrapped up in this website. Um, you can find me on a, you know. On Twitter at Shadow of Cyrano, uh, you can find me if you email us at GameStoreProfits at gmail.com. I'm the guy who answers that. Uh, I'm also I'm still playing around with doing a little Game Store Profits Pinterest mm. page, which it's it's really. I fun. tried. I, I, I went and saw it, and I and I was like, I should connect. I I I, I couldn't do it. I might try again. No, I, I might try I can, again. I can. I completely understand that it's not everybody's thing and it's not, you know, I, I just love like collecting all the, cause there's so much truly amazing geeky stuff and wonderful stuff and, and cool little moments of faith and awesomeness that 
are just garnered all over the internet and Pinterest is literally just a place to collect that. I don't think of it as some, you know, goofy little website or some new branch of social media. I basically think of it as little bins that I can put awesomeness that I find in the internet. And so I'm I'm really having a blast with that. Uh, I would highly recommend that if if you guys have any suggestions for that, stop on by and let me know because I'm always up for finding awesomeness. Um, the, uh, the other way you can find me is through our Facebook page. I'm continually looking for more people to sign up on our Facebook page, not because, you know, I am that kind of guy who demands high numbers to feel good about myself. I'm not that guy. Um, but we want to continually just put up the Facebook page as a, a place to build community, a place where we can hang out and, really understand that in a time when everyone feels very isolated and kind of alone, even in this age of connectivity, there are other people out there that are just as passionate, just as excited about the things that we're excited about. Um, our Facebook page has provided a lot of opportunities to connect with some really cool people like, like uh, the geek preacher and the guys over at game church and all that stuff. That's not just for us. That's not just connections that Luke and I make. That's the kind of stuff that you guys can be a part of as well, that you can get connected to these really cool people that you can connect with each other. So that's definitely something that I'm going to encourage everybody to be a part of. So, Luke, what about yourself? You know, for a long time I've been saying there isn't a place to find me, uh, and now there is. Really now? Yes. Well, I figured, you know, with uh, guys can read going off the air – I still wanted a place to, like you said, share the awesome, right? Right. Uh, and so I have actually put together a website, uh, and it's really easy. It's LukeNavarro.com. And <laughs> I, I don't I don't say much there, but I do share a lot there. Um, so it's not it's not quite a blog where you know I'm commenting and 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 writing my opinions on things. But for the most part, if I come across something cool, and I think hey, people would enjoy knowing about this. I put it there. Um, for example, it's Christmas time. I put a really cool article about why Christmas is December 25th. Nice. And uh, some of the kind of scholarly back and forth about why that is. And uh, maybe you think, you know, um, maybe you're not sure, but that's definitely something that for me was fun to read about. And so, you know, I put those kind of things there. Uh, LukeNavarro.com. And uh, like Mike said, you can uh, check us out at GameStoreProfits.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can thumbs up us on iTunes. Um, oh, I almost forgot. We're on the Stitcher radio app as well. On Stitcher. So uh, you can find us. You can share us with your friends. We try to make it as easy as possible for you. If you can think of better ways for us to do that, please do let us know. And uh, we do hope that you had... Uh, a great Christmas, and uh, and as we come to the end of the year, always remember that God is the Game Master, and no matter how those dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>